everyone. Hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with return guest Jonah Ray. Welcome back. Hello, everybody. Hi. Good to see you again. I feel like all sorts of stuff has been happening with you. And in fact, before we started, just nary 30 seconds ago, you mentioned that you had been interviewed by NPR this morning. Yes. What was that for? Uh, it was uh, this uh, reporter is putting together a story for uh, the comeback of Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, of which I am the new host of. And so he's kind of uh, interviewing people along the way through the process of bringing it back. Mm-hmm. And so that was my interview. That's why I still have this uh, NPR voice um, <laughs> doing right now. So your NPR voice is like thoughtful and introspective? But just a hint of vocal fry. Mm, yeah, okay. just a little bit. I what? did get emotional during it. So did hope- you really? I did. I did. Once I start talking about it too much, it's uh, I, I kind of get a little overwhelmed, and I I don't know how to process it. So mm-hmm. I uh, yeah, it was it was. I didn't cry, but I I and I I, I might have welled up a little bit. <laughs> have you actually shed tears yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I shed tears uh, when I put on the jumpsuit for the first time that had my uh, my new last name on it heston mm-hmm. uh and then i uh when we did the reunion show in minneapolis when i uh went out on stage and i heard people like uh, chanting my name uh and i was really nervous about it because you know nerds can be uh, a vile beast um <laughs> and and they have been to me in the past so i was uh, i was i was were you know i was hesitant mm-hmm. and and you know having uh going out on stage with joel hodgson kind of like you know like pulling my hand up and it's uh that's when i almost started to cry right yeah so here and there and i have to say when when words started getting around that they were rebooting mystery science theater 3000 people it it was it was like word of mouth like i haven't seen in years and people were just going did you hear they're rebooting mr mst 3k and did you hear who they got Mm. they got jonah ray Mm. like people were genuinely excited because it's such a beloved franchise that they were so excited that it was coming back, but then it was double that it was Jonah. They were like, they got somebody who gets it. They got somebody who's going to do it right. Like, yeah, people, it, people were really going crazy. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, and I got a lot of that too. Now, I'm not going to say it was all bad. Uh, right. Well, that was my question. You yeah. said that nerds can be a vile beast. <laughs> and I wondered, do you mean in relation to this show? Um, no, I, I think. Uh, with any with anything they like uh, there with uh with nerd culture stuff which i am a very big uh fan of and uh a part of the community i'd like to think uh but it, it is it does have similar um uh it does have a lot of an analogous stuff too uh, like punk rock mm-hmm. uh culture which is just like you say you like something and you know so you like this band yeah but did you hear that first seven inch uh like <laughs> right. it's like oh i like mystery science theater uh well what's your your favorite episode well this episode but you, well, you don't like this more obscure nerd culture is very much uh similar to it in that way which is just it's just underground culture right it's just uh you know not everybody likes it and that's a good thing and i think there's this idea too that the more mainstream something becomes then it'll be ruined yeah and that's uh, that's always the fear um it's it's odd though. Right now, I think because of the internet, we're at a we're at a place. Uh, and I was talking to uh, Devin Faraci about this. He's the uh, editor for uh, Birth Movies, Death, and the mm-hmm. Canon Podcast. And very very, you know, I, I love the guy a lot. And um, but we were talking about how 
things, not everything has to be the biggest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. It's okay if it's just a, a niche thing. Um, but there seems to be this thing with, um, with art and, uh, entertainment stuff these days that if it's not, it's a failure. And, uh, and it's a, it's a tricky time for any kind of underground culture where, you know, sometimes that's what made it great, Mm -hmm. but now people discredit it because it's not, not everyone knows it. Wait, sorry. You were saying that there's, that if something is not mainstream, it's a failure or if it's not niche, niche, it's a failure. Um, I, some, I always go right in between. I can't decide if I say niche 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 or niche. And then I say niche, which is neither niche sounds like it could be a real bad it seems like it's a yeah, bad word. I'm just going to go with niche. Seems like a combination of two pretty bad words right. uh, that you'd call somebody. Uh, niche, I think, is, uh, <laughs> is uh, you know, it's it's fun. Okay, yeah. niche. I'm going, so, sorry, you were saying that there's this idea right now in culture that if something is not mainstream, it's a failure, or if it's not niche, it's a failure. Um, no, it's just if it's not mainstream, it's gotcha. a failure. If it's not, like, like beloved by a ton. Right. You know? I, right. I, I used to work uh, in a... In a uh, I'll just say it, I don't because I don't care. Uh, I worked at the E building, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, working on stuff. And one time I was walking by up uh, an office where I knew they were casting for a show for the host of a show, and I uh, heard this exact line: "I don't care if this guy's funnier or better. The other guy has more Twitter followers." Wow. Yeah, that's something I overheard during a meeting about who they're going to hire. Wow. And uh, it just kind of you know. It's like no validity given to the person who is good, right? Only to the person that has more attention, right? And who are we to say if that's not? Maybe they are better because of it. I don't know. No, I mean, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a limb and say I don't think so. At the yeah. same time, this is an ugly thing to reveal. There Wait, have been. Wait, which one of you two has more Twitter followers? Because that person will be right. <laughs> <laughs> that means Jonah's right. I don't there think have been... so. Yeah, yeah, you're Did over you 100, check? right? No, okay. I just suspect you're over 100. I don't check. You don't check your Twitter followers? Oh, you're so cool. I don't mean to be. No, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like I do it to try and save my, like I don't, I try not to check Twitter too much right. to save myself from myself, you know? Uh, and 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 then I say and people go, oh, it's like, <laughs> it's like someone saying, you know, oh, I don't watch TV and people go, ooh, and, right. and then they have to follow it up with a, no, because if I did, that's all I'd do. Yeah. Okay, I want to follow up on that in a second, but <laughs> the the ugly thing I was going to reveal is that I've lost out on jobs I've auditioned for like years ago, and then when I find out the person they hire has like 60 or even 600 Twitter followers, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was supposed to matter. <laughs> so yeah. it, only sometime, it only matters in the e-building, I guess. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. in the wrong building. Um, okay, so you said you, you don't check your Twitter follower numbers to save you from yourself. What do you mean? Well, no, just not my Twitter followers, but just kind of like Twitter Oh, you general. don't check Twitter. I get, I you know, I I do a bit. Uh, I but I'll like right now I took it off my phone. I, I took it off uh, mainly just you know so I, I don't want to go down any rabbit holes of you know looking at replies to right. uh, like a uh, you know Black Lives Matter hashtag and like just I I go looking for the stuff that's gonna bother you. Yeah, I'll go looking for the racist. I'll go looking yes. and I'll, then I'll dive into their things and uh, so just to save me from myself, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll you know I'll stay away. What do you think that is that desire to? Because I have a little bit of that too. In fact, I've made a very concerted effort in the last I don't know handful of months to not click on links that are going to upset me. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I don't think we're supposed to have this barrage of information, good or bad. Right. I, it, it, the idea that just scrolling through 
Twitter or Facebook, you're just you're. It's it's like look at this death, look at this mm-hmm. war, look, look at this cruelty. puppy, look at the <laughs> look at this old TV show, look at this death, look look. You know, there's just and how are you supposed to? How's your brain supposed to uh, readjust? You know, when you when your brain is hit with a with imagery or a thought or idea of something, it releases chemicals to mm-hmm. make to and then that affects the other parts of your brain. So you're just letting out all these different things, and then everything kind of becomes muddled and numb. And uh, I, you know, I I try to do a thing where I'll like I'll check news sites and facebook in the morning mm-hmm. and then maybe in the evening and that's that's where i keep it as if it was a newspaper uh because you know i i can i can depress myself even if i'm looking at right if i'm looking at a ton of cute animals i'm just i'll, I'll eventually get so numb to where i'll be like well what's the who cares <laughs> who cares what is this what did i even do for the past hour on my couch nothing <sighs> that i definitely relate to i definitely feel like like how much time am i wasting just refreshing I'm just refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not doing anything. You're just going from one thing to the next where you're refreshing your Instagram, your Twitter, your Facebook, or and whatever else you do. That's 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 where I keep it for myself. Right. Uh but uh yeah, I don't I don't do Snapchat or or uh any of the like Vine or anything like that. Every once in a while I'll go on Vine only because I'm obsessed with trying to make a perfect loop out of a <laughs> six second thing. Uh-huh. Like I want things to loop like musically or rhythmically and right. stuff like that. So that's that's when I go to Vine. <laughs> So it's interesting, though, that the reason that you try to stay off of social media has to do with the barrage of images, um, good and bad, because I think there are people who want to stay off because reading their own at replies or mentions like gets to them too much. And it has in the past. Uh, the day that uh, I was announced as the host of Mystery Science Theater it was, you know, it was a pretty crazy day. Uh you know, good and bad, but you know, if, if depending on your mood, you might focus on one more than the right. other. Uh, or if you're insecure, uh, you might focus on the negative more than anything else. And then you'll look at the negative stuff and you'll say, well, they're right. The other people are wrong. Um, and in, in actuality, neither of them are right or neither of them are wrong, you know? So it's, uh, I try not to like comments and stuff like that. I try not to, but on the other side of it, the day after that reunion show that I performed, performed at in uh minneapolis with the uh, riff tracks guys uh like i got like the most c- positive comments on twitter that i had ever received in my entire life all in one day and so yeah you know mm-hmm. what are you what are you gonna do so can you talk me through the whole process of uh, mystery science theater and by the way i can't imagine i'm the only one this is just me everyone whenever i see the abbreviation my brain thinks it's like a masterpiece something and then i'm like that's wrong <laughs> but my brain i can't it is look a masterpiece at, well it is yeah. but i can't look at what is it mst3k M- mst3k yeah i can't look at that and think mystery science theater 3000 like my brain won't do it really it's frustrating um, i do but i'm a fan so yeah. it, it really and, and when you're a fan you tend to uh talk about it or text about it or email about it a bunch and then you, you, you have you, to yeah you close that loop real fast yeah you I get guess. used to it yeah um but it's like so with the process do you mean like of how it came back or yeah. how well how you got involved and i mean i imagine you must have been a fan from a yeah. long time ago i was right? a, i was obsessed with it uh when i was growing up mm-hmm. it was my favorite show i had fantasies of hosting it uh <laughs> or being on it somehow um and i you know it is it is an incredible thing that uh my interest in that show and in comedy in general put me on a path to starting to do comedy and then it led me back to the thing so be- 
because of the thing I'm hosting the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the kind of part. That's of, the that's the perfect vine loop. Yeah, <laughs> you found it. <laughs> that's very true. Uh, the yeah, it's um, it you know I. I sometimes wonder, like, like how does that happen? How it, you know, because it's not SNL. A lot mm-hmm. of people get on SNL. A lot of people don't get on SNL, but like a lot of people, because it's still around. It never went away. It's it's been around, um, you know. But this one, this went away, and it wasn't around, and and somehow it came back, and somehow I'm the guy. So I don't understand how that happens, but I know all the work I put into uh, a career in comedy, and and you know, it's and, but that show dictated like my rhythm and how i joke around with friends how i joked around on the nerdist podcast for mm-hmm. years um just that finding finding a hole finding a comment have it be you know a reference or a, mo- a line from a movie and stuff like that that that's how i joke around and that's because of that show and you know and then also because of doing the nerdist like that's uh you know joel hodgson the creator of mst3k came on and uh like and then i like just you know told him i'm a huge fan of his and the show and then uh and you know, and then um, I saw him the next night at a, a Wayne White art uh, show. Um, and then the next day, I saw him. At, I just happened to swing by Harmontown uh, at Meltdown, and uh, ran into him again. And just and then he called me a week later, and he says, "Hey man, I got your number from Chris. Just thought I'd say hi. It was really cool meeting you. It's so crazy, you like all that different stuff." And <sighs> and then he we just chatted. Were for, you like shaking when you got? This I was. It's like Chris <laughs> Hardwick t- said. Uh, he he said, "Hey." Joel just asked for your phone number, so expect a call from him, mm-hmm. I guess. And I was working at the soup at the time. I was like, what, what, what? Like, why is he? And we were in the middle of a clip meeting, and I got a call from a number I didn't know. And I was just like, I said it was my doctor, and I had to leave. <laughs> so I walk out of a meeting to talk to Joel, and it was just a conversation. There was no um, real, you know, there was, there was no plan for it. It was just a talk right. and there then, was, yeah no agenda and it was just really just say all right man well it was really cool meeting you uh maybe i'll see you around i might be out in la soon uh see you around i was like That's yeah so cool, cool. See you around. yeah so when was this when were you at the that suit? was uh three a little over three years mm-hmm. ago and then he would call uh and then we chat some more and then we, we were both in new york at the same time and he's like let's go get dinner and it was every time though we started you know, we would talk. He would always kind of talk about how he wanted to try and bring back MST3K, and he wasn't sure how, and he didn't really have all the rights, and was kind of working on that. And it had been canceled for like seventeen years, is that right? It or ended, off the air. It, yeah, it ended in ninety nine. I want to say two thousand, two thousand one. I I can't remember. Right in that zone. Yeah, right around there. Um. Uh. But uh. Yeah. So it had been off the air for a while. My first, my first ever Hollywood meeting when I started doing stand up and improv. Was uh, I was I was like you know general mean like what would the general ratio be and I was just like oh uh, mystery science theater three thousand <laughs> we should just bring that back and I'll be the host of it and they said that will never happen uh, <laughs> and so uh, you know and even and, and in that time um, and in that time I was I continued to just do comedy and do you know my thing and then I you know, find myself just talking to him and then he had all these ideas about what he wanted to do with it and. And then he was like, maybe you'll be a writer on it. I was like, anything. I'll do anything to be on the show. And he's like, maybe a producer. I was like, yes. He's like, you can maybe direct some of the episodes. And this was all months apart. And then finally he called me one day. He's like, I just was thinking about it, man. Like, you're like the guy. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean the guy? He's <laughs> like, you know, the guy, the me, the mic, the guy, you know, the host. And I was just, I was kind of like started to, you know, tear up. I was like, I don't understand. Do you know what you're saying to me? Like, do you know? <laughs> do you know how much that means to me? And uh, he's like, yeah. And like Joel, you know, 
not like an emotional guy. So mm-hmm. he's just, he's like, yeah, man, it's pretty fun. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and, and it was still from there. It was still another two and a half years, mm-hmm. uh, two years or something like that until it was announced even. You know, he was still trying to figure out a way to get the rights back and all that stuff. So yeah, I've known for a long time and it's um, the the part that is I'm finding the hardest is I'm still, I still don't know how to really comprehend it uh, and and uh understand you know i understand like all the parts and all every because i've experienced and i know mm-hmm. how it happened but how does that happen how does <laughs> you know like to to just a guy uh to be obsessed with the show to always say his favorite movie is mystery science theater 3000 the movie um it's actually second to edward but uh <laughs> but uh you know i i i have two stand-up comedy records that are named after lines from mystery science theater 3000 I've contemplated tattoos. I've, mm. you know, it just, it's a huge part of my life. And, you know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm most certainly sure I'm not the biggest fan. I'm not the biggest fan. There are bigger fans. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They actually got the tattoo, not just contemplate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but it's, you know, it's tricky and it's, um, it's a, you know, I think a, a why me mentality can also go in the, in the in, for some things that are happen that happen to you positively, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where I'm at. And so when people go, so like, oh, that must be so incredible. I'm still coming to terms with it, so I don't know how to respond because I'm still kind of trying to, you know, process it in my brain. Mm-hmm. And and then I and then I I worry that I'm coming off like too fake about it, you know? Because one time a, a guy was like. He's like, hey, that must be crazy. I was like, yeah, man, it's totally crazy. And I, and I, in my head immediately, I was like, that sounds so fake and dumb. That's not, they're going to think that I'm just saying, they, they're going to think I'm James Franco buying comic books after I get the part of the, you know, Green Goblin um, or Hobgoblin. Yeah, uh, but uh, it's uh, right there. I'll probably get crucified. Um, <laughs> I don't know that the, the people who will crucify you over that comment are listening. Yeah, good, good. But I want them to be. So <laughs> That's why you brought me on, <laughs> baby. Uh, but uh, yeah. So it's um uh it's it's weird and I don't know how, I I don't know how to uh cuz I so many people ask me like oh how do you feel what's your I I I go I don't know I don't know it's crazy <laughs> it's nuts you know I got to perform on stage at the reunion show with mm-hmm. all of my you know childhood comedy heroes all you know riffing with them doing the thing that I saw them do growing up and uh it's like what's that i I don't know it's crazy i don't know i don't know does it feel surreal it does what is the feeling it i don't know (laughs) i don't know because i've never i all it goes in line with so much stuff i've been able to do since i started doing comedy um you know everything even when i did a set and you know pat oswald came up to me and said hey man that was really funny and or the one time when i was like you know uh, backstage at the Steve Allen Theater, and Sarah Silverman said, "I really like that." And I, I, she, I didn't even perform that night mm-hmm. yet. And she's like, "Hey, I really like that joke you have, and name the joke." And it's, you know, all that stuff is surreal, and it's, you know, and it's, it, it's validation and in the smallest sense, and so it feels the same. It's on a larger scale, but you know, um, you know, when you go to a, a city or a place that you've seen so many images of for the first time, and it's cool, but it's smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of that's kind of how it feels. It's a uh, it's like it's like I can't believe I'm in front of the Eiffel Tower, but I really did think it was taller. Yeah. How would I get here? And how do you a, think it's this is sort of a philosophical question? Um, is it smaller because now you're involved in it? I think so, and it also could just be it, it could be self esteem issues. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh it's 
it's like like if a if an idiot like me got here you know like it's it's like i i have a tendency to do when i'm like in an audition for something like that and i'm looking across the room i always just go that guy's so much better or if i get uh, a part they're like hey here's the breakdown of the character i go oh you know who'd be good for that <laughs> um but when it comes th- this is the first time where when it comes to being the host i can't think of anyone else i'd rather see <laughs> <laughs> so there was no audition process right it was just no so during the f- the period of time where he was like you could be a producer a director writer inside were you thinking like oh man i would love to host i don't know cuz i th- kind of thought maybe he would do it right. or they'd get someone uh even younger than me mm-hmm. uh that maybe they would get someone you know I, I i could think of a million things like it's like you know more attractive skinnier uh you know more ethnic uh you know i don't know because i'm just another white guy mm-hmm. uh like do they really want to do that again uh you know uh so i didn't really know which way to uh uh like kind of come to terms with the like i didn't know it was going to be me mm-hmm. i just wanted to be involved and i was happy to be involved in any way i guess if there was any real and and Joel looked me up. He looked at videos of stuff I did online, and you know, I worked on a pilot. Uh, uh, the, I just like finished the pilot for Hidden America, and I sent it to him. And like he was just like, "Yeah, man," but I saw you hosting this kind of uh, science show, and I was like, "Oh, that was a web show I did for money a long time ago." <laughs> um, what was that? It was called Joe Genius. It was just some money gig mm-hmm. that I took. It was uh, like some, were you Joe the genius? I was no. It was like it was about like backyard science projects, oh, okay. and so it was a clip show. And everyone was like a different uh, Joe genius. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> these, little, these Joe geniuses. Um, but it was like some company in Denver, and I flew out and did uh-huh. you know, like ten episodes in a week, and and uh, you know, and then I was able to uh, put a down payment on a car. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, I had no. I the the one real um, I think audition process was Joel was gonna go do he was gonna go speak at some thing for uh, a guy, and he wanted to work on jokes with me. So we met uh, and sat down and we like were writing jokes together and he kind of was like oh you're really you're really good at this and you know i was just like oh thanks thank you so, much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah if if that yeah, that could have been because you know, i was kind of performing i was like oh you could say it like this or you could mm-hmm. do this and i think he saw that i had kind of joke writer performer spirit right yeah. so when does it start well we, we just got done writing all the riffs for 14 episodes uh which was a lot harder than any of us thought it would be uh you, you think it's you think it's like, oh yeah, I could just go through a movie and write riffs, and it's just like, yeah, you know, you, you, someone says a line, you pause it, and uh, Kevin Murphy, uh, the voice of Tom Servo, says this where he's all, you forget that when you pause the movie, it doesn't pause time, and <laughs> it doesn't like the pause doesn't like elbow out room for your beautiful joke that's right. about to like, and then you you write your joke, you're like, that's so good, it's gonna s- be so funny after that line, then you press play, and someone immediately starts talking, and you're like, well, there's that, that can't use that joke, um. So we're yeah we're done doing that uh, and now it's like writing uh, um, solidifying the sketches and the host segments and then we'll start shooting it in September mm-hmm. uh, doing the uh, you know the the silhouette stuff and the host segments and the, you know they got to build all the props and sets and stuff like that so they're in the process of that and it's shooting out here shooting out here yeah it's uh it's yeah it's it's exciting I'm looking forward to it what kind of movies will you guys do same same era same kind of you know fifties uh, to um, early mid eighties uh, bad sci-fi mm-hmm. uh fantasy a couple of fantasy movies uh monster movies um yeah all that kind of stuff it's, it's like real classic era nothing new nothing purposely bad just uh you know nice folk that tried really hard to make something <laughs> and failed horribly does it have a network 
attached? It does. It's not getting announced. Okay. Uh, so when is this going up? Um, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure yet. It, it. We are. We do have a place for it, but it hasn't been announced. But it's. Uh, you can probably break it down where <laughs> where uh, a show that is making a comeback would go. Right. Okay. <laughs> but actually, I haven't broken it down. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure I will by the end of this. Yeah. So, um, I'm a professional. I know it doesn't seem like it. Blame it on the pregnancy. <laughs> oh my god! I've been blaming everything on the pregnancy. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> You guys raised like six million dollars on Kickstarter. Yeah, it was a ton of money. That's crazy. Yeah, I was that was really crazy. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, and you know, I donated to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How uh, much? I donated two hundred dollars because I wanted a shirt. Mm-hmm. There was well, like you, a, that pushed it over the edge. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> I'm the one that they're like, oh, here we go. Um, yeah, it was a lot of money. Um, but it was, you know, it was at that, you know, at that point, it was like really, it was Joel's thing. Joel was like the guy, and everyone wanted you know, Joel to bring it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it was, uh, it was crazy. Uh, but you know, then the Rift tracks guys raised a bunch of money too, to do some more live events. And there's, there's still a lot of the audience is really there for it. And, and they're really passionate about it because it's just, it means a lot to a lot of people. So in terms of you, like trying to process it all and sort of figure out like what it, what it means and all that, I guess the question that I was wondering is, is part of you wondering like, and I don't even know if you think in this way, but like, did I, Jonah, manifest this? Like, did I somehow, is it like trying to make sense of the uncanny nature of like this thing that's been this passion for you your whole life, suddenly now you're part of? Or is it like, what is the part that you just can't wrap your head around? Is it like, what, what is the world? What does it mean? What does the world mean? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that is there divine, is there like some hand? Yeah, because I don't, I don't think that stuff happens. You know, um, I've known, we've all known some really great, talented people where stuff didn't really work out. Um, was it? Did they work hard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, were were they were they good? Yeah. Like, it's like timing uh, might have not been good, or it, it's it's just real tricky. Uh, there's a lot of, um, you know, even just the fact that I still get to do comedy. The fact that I have like, I. You know, this year, you know, three TV shows, essentially. I have uh, Mystery Science Theater, mm-hmm. Hidden America, and um, Meltdown. then Meltdown. And, you know, I, I, you know I, in my head, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing, an, I'm not doing as much as I see other people that are still just having to hit the road to do, to make a living. And that, you know, that could happen to me next year, the year after. Um, I just, uh, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I think it it it's just most likely is self esteem uh, mm-hmm. issues that right, I like feeling like is it a feeling of unworthiness? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, there's uh, also yeah, and this, this this gets into weird territory, but like uh, the weird territory is my favorite. Yeah, it's white guilt. I'm a I'm a straight white male that grew up um, upper middle class. Um, uh, my parents are still together. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's, there's, you know, they were, they were drug addicts, but they still loved me. So I don't care. Right. Uh, there, I, I, I've had it so good for, and I, you know, I was a fat kid and I got beat up for, you know, like teased for being fat, but who, who fucking cares? Um, people have it so hard and people struggle so much and mm-hmm. that, so I kind of feel like I was like, what is it like, you know, what is, why do I get the good stuff? Uh, and you know, it's, it's a, like the fact that 
it's the, a lot of white guilt you yeah. know it's uh it's it's crazy it's um you know those straight white males get hired more than any other person in the entire country mm-hmm. and i have the fact that i have three shows you know that i you know i developed two of them sure uh and one of them i co-host with a, a famous pakistani comedian mm-hmm. so you know it's there's uh there's elements that i can but it, yeah, it must. It just. It, I think it's just guilt. I think it's just straight up. Just I, I go. I don't think I deserve any of this stuff. Right. Uh, is, have yeah. you felt this before, or is it sort of just happening now? I never feel I'm owed anything, and so, and I think that's a good way to be because then you appreciate everything. And uh, I, I, the fact that you know, I can, I can text like Dana Gould. I can text <laughs> Dana Gould, and he'll text me back. It's a, that still blows my mind to this to this day. That's crazy. Like uh, I get a Christmas card from Weird Al Yankovic every year. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I asked Al to be like do a cameo on my show. He said yes, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, "Yeah, we should go get dinner sometime." Like it's just these the my my life. I feel that, and everything that I like I I do, it's it's all like reminiscent of what I was passionate about as a, as a young person, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's. I have a lot of friends that I grew up with that I played in bands with and we liked Mystery Science Theater. We liked movies and we liked comedy. Uh, a buddy of mine I was talking to, like he's like, why Why did it happen to you? What did you do? What was so different that you went and did it? Hmm. And I, I was like, I don't know because I maybe if I didn't, I, I didn't know what I was going to do because we were in the same stuff. How did he mean that? Did, how did he mean that question? I I don't know. I think he was, it was based off of why he didn't do anything. That why okay. why so there just, was a bit of a like. A oh yeah, jealousy, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's um he probably wouldn't say it's jealousy, but you know he's just working service industry jobs, and you know he's like he's like well our friends would always say I was funnier than you. Mm-hmm. Why are you the one that? And I I was like I don't know. Did I, that I, conversation bum you out? It did. It did. Uh, Maybe more for him. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I was kind of like, why, why did you feel the need to <laughs> right. say, you know, it's like, what do, what do you want me to say to that? Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, you were funnier than me in high school. Uh, here's some, here's some money. <laughs> <laughs> or here's some, here's some work. Here's, you know, so it's, uh, I see people, you know, working really hard to try and get stuff and then they, they don't get it. And I see people not working at all and not get it. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's really just a case of uh, uh, I feel that I got hit in the head at the age of fifteen, and uh, and this is all a simulation. <laughs> this is all like this is my coma. Right. Uh, I got to meet I got to meet Mel Brooks. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm just a kid in Hawaii that is obsessed with Mel Brooks. How do mm-hmm. how did I get to a place where I got to meet Mel Brooks? How do I know Weird Al? How am I hosting Mystery Science Theater? Uh, you know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, how do I know guys from Mr. Show? How do I, you know, how, how does this happen? And I, and I, and I can't come up with an answer for it. And I want to say that maybe I was like, maybe, maybe I was a good person, but I think about all the bad things I've done in my life. Uh, Ooh, what bad things have you done? I'm not going to say any of the bad things I've done. <laughs> oh, bad come things. on, just, just give us one. No, I just be like, maybe the times I wasn't like very nice to somebody mm-hmm. on purpose or, you know, or mean to a kid or not like a child, not right. like as an adult, but as I was a kid. <laughs> when you were also a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's a, I, I, I'm always suspect of people that feel they, they, you know, they're getting what they deserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like cockiness. That's, I'm, I'm also very deathly afraid of like, uh, overt, um, uh, 
overt sense of self-esteem and cockiness. I think that mm, it's a vanity, vanity, arrogance. Yeah. Yeah. I confidence. Th- all of it. Yeah. Confidence is a thing that really kind of rubs me the wrong way in a, in, a, in, in other people, in other people. Yeah. So I strive to hmm. not do it so much that it's actually sometimes a detriment. Right. Like, you know, I'll be trying to do a new bit on stage and I'll start to like, yeah, I know it's not the best. So I start to pre apologize before even do- getting into the, the bit mm-hmm. uh and you know my wife she's like she's like don't stop just you're supposed to be up there uh <laughs> so you know don't worry about it i remember one a long time ago i was drunk talking to my dad on the phone and i started to cry because uh i was like whoa like no one else in my family ever really did anything they never like uh, strived to do anything and try they just kind of took what was given to them mm-hmm. uh and so i was like I was so conf- I'm still confused like why I have the drive and why I feel that I need to go and get the stuff and the fact that I'm getting it is just crazy. It's a lot darker than I thought it was going to get, but or more serious. Yeah. <laughs> um that's It's okay. only something you could talk to best friends about. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So, I know that you grew up in Hawaii and you lived alone for the last year of high school because your parents moved to Tahoe. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, they, they moved to Lake Tahoe. Yeah. You wanted to stay in Hawaii. Yeah. Um what did your parents do? Um, my, my grandfather, my dad's dad, uh, started a business with his wife, um, uh, putting, they, they had, uh, it was like a plumbing, uh, like warehouse. It was like they had like, so they started this business where they would put in the the pipes for, uh, housing communities, uh, or track housing and stuff like that. And, and so it kind of became a really successful business because of the, um, construction boom that happened in the seventies in Hawaii. Uh, with a lot of Japanese money coming in. So my grandfather became, um, you know, wealthy and then just basically gave my dad a job. Mm-hmm. My dad tried to go and you know, go to college. He would always come back and he kind of was just, uh, you know, his senior of high school, like his dad became pretty wealthy, a lot more wealthy than they'd ever been leading up to that point. And so, uh, you know, my dad just kind of went with the flow. And it's funny because I see that a lot with my brother. My brother kind of just does whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my grandfather died. And uh, it wasn't and wasn't looking like my dad was going to be taking over the company, so he retired from it, took his severance, and then moved uh, to Lake Tahoe. Uh, and I think in a in a, in a kind of a, in a hopes that he would kind of clean up and maybe stop doing what uh, drugs was he doing? Uh, he smoked a lot of weed and drank, and then he did a lot of cocaine. Mm. So uh, yeah, the, the cocaine. I only really remember one time it really showed itself, which was. Uh, when um it was he was coaching my little league team and the uh the the team we were up against had a kid that was my age on the the team uh that kid's dad was the coach and the umpire of the game was the coach's dad and so um and that kid was uh pitching mm-hmm. and so that kid was getting strikeouts left and right uh and strikeouts that were bouncing on the uh, on the base or mm-hmm. going over someone's head and and my dad lost it and started screaming and swearing, telling all the kids to like, and it was just like, get out of the field, Jeez. we're going home, like just, and it was in defense of these kids that were being you know right. messed with, and he, yeah, he he's a he's a really sweet guy and he's really you know awesome, uh, but I feel um, because he just worked for his dad, he always kind of feels like the fortunate son, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that kind of probably led him to trying to fill this uh these gaps of like it's like oh i could have done this or that and you know and my mom was just kind of a house mom that picked up jobs here and there you know working at a bikini store or a, a school office or something like that mm. uh so yeah the, and this is a store that only sells bikinis or all kinds of bathing suits uh no nah, 
once she did just work in a bikini store. Okay. But that was recently. That was uh, that was in Waikiki because uh, that's where they live. Uh, they live back in Oh, Hawaii. they moved back. Yeah, they moved back. They live in an apartment. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and, did, uh, and she had substance abuse problems too? Yeah, she drinks. Yeah, she uh, she drinks. And I think she like uh, would do Coke with him and stuff like that. Did you, When you were a kid, did you have an awareness? I understand that that story you like looking back on that story you see what was going on but at the time did you realize oh my parents are altered yeah yeah you yeah did. well i thought i thought when i was a younger kid i thought it was weed because i wasn't uh, you know but everyone smoked weed in hawaii right. uh so i didn't really think i didn't i didn't really know what the effects of it were but i do i do have this uh vague memory of remember that old uh commercial was a psa for cocaine use and it was like a guy like sitting on a stool like you know looking real bummed and sad and like it's kind of slowly pulling away from his face and says like you know uh you lost your job you lost your mm-hmm. money you lost your family you lost your this and that and then as it kind of pulls out it's the guy sitting in a cocaine vial do you remember that maybe it was a, like vaguely a, yeah uh and there i remember so i remember seeing that and thinking about my dad mm. and that oh, was like so probably my first uh predilection that he was like doing cocaine right did you ever confront them about it were they open about it no no they would they, but it was like a, you know it was a locked door mm-hmm. uh you know i and, and they you know they got into some weird stuff I, you know i found their sex toys once uh oh god how old were you um I, I was past puberty i think i was just like looking for something to steal or something like that and mm. like uh, i found their sex toys uh, one time like i, I what was, did like, you find did you uh it, it was odd it was a it was a it was a it was a dill it was in a uh, like this like case thing and i was just like what is in here and it was a, a dildo and a and a and a fake vagina <laughs> and i was just like are they are they just giving each other lessons or i'm not sure really what the <laughs> these are things i've never talked about um and and then one time i uh i was looking for my camcorder because i wanted to go shoot my friends skateboarding and i like looked all over and then i went to their room and then i was like i was like i saw like I saw the, the camcorder and I was just like, I was like, oh man, did they like, which tape is in here? Did they record over something on my tape? And I pressed play. My eyes are so wide right <laughs> now. <laughs> I pressed play and it was just a frame of, it was flesh. It was just flesh. Mm. And so I immediately, <laughs> immediately turned it off, put it down and walked away. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, but like you know, there you was know, times where, you know, it's like, yeah, it was just, you know, there was, there was always love. There was always love. <laughs> For like, you or for each other? Uh, for for each other. I would hear them kind of bicker here and there, but you know, mm. married couple. Uh, but like they always, you know, they, they paid a lot, you know, a lot of attention to my brother and cause, uh, older, you know, younger, uh, older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, he, and, and so I was kind of just left to my own devices and, you know, like kind of retreated into making videos and music and I was in bands and, you know, I would go and just like, you know, they would be like, what are you doing this weekend? I was like, I'm going to go play like three punk shows in a basement. And they're like, well, have fun. <laughs> um, how come they paid Am I correct that they paid more attention to your brother than you? And if so, how come? Um, my mom, on my 18th birthday, my mom wrote me a letter saying uh, it's because they felt he needed it more than I did. Uh, that he needed more direction. He needed mm-hmm. to be told what to do, which is kind of, you know, the truth. Uh, they said that you always seem to have an idea of what you want to do and how you want to do it. So we just didn't want to get in the way because, you know, their parents are pretty controlling. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't want to. Uh, they didn't want to do that to their kids, right? You know, they don't want to force us to go to church or uh, be uh, like, it's like, you know, when I was like, I don't know if I want to play baseball anymore. And they're like, whatever, we don't care. But, mm-hmm. you know, to a fault sometimes too, right. where I was like, I was like, they're like, Hey, the, the dentist says you need to get braces. And I was like, I'm not getting braces. And they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's some things you gotta, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I do, I, 
I do uh, put the blame on them for uh, gaining, getting real fat as a kid. And that's, that's a real straight up parent mm-hmm. thing to keep an eye out for. Is, right. and, but they were stoned. And so they would have snacks everywhere. <laughs> you know, they, they, they wanted like munchies around. And, but, you know, I'm just walking around. I'm going, going in the refrigerator and be like, oh, Cool Whip. And like eating the entire, mm-hmm. you know, thing of Cool Whip, which is f- fucking great. <laughs> do you, st- uh, do you still eat Cool Whip? No, I don't. I mm-hmm. don't. Um, I switched all my sweets to booze. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So this letter um, that your mom oh, wrote no. you when you were eighteen, had you like it sounds to me like that's sort of in the middle of a conversation that had perhaps been started years before about like why did you not pay more attention to me? Was that something that you had brought up? I was in a communication arts class, uh, saw junior year of high school, and uh, it was uh, run by the Connellys, a husband and wife. Uh, uh, teaching duo that were uh, very they, they looked exactly the same <laughs> they looked they were very round uh, Mormon people and they uh, but they showed me a ton of movies that I'd never seen before like they are the ones that showed me Breaking Away which became one of my all time favorite movies and uh, and but they wouldn't show us you know they said there's no good movie that is rated R <laughs> and uh, I was just like what about The Godfather and they're like eh, it's not good Oh wow! Because there's because it's rated R. Because yeah. that's how Mormon they were. So I was always kind of like, you shouldn't be. But they did a lot of good stuff, and then we also got to make our own short films. Mm-hmm. And um, there were there were the parent teacher kind of uh, you know night. My parents went, and uh, and like we had to do a thing where we like were interviewed, and they're like, uh, say your name and something about yourself, and if you have any, something. I was like, uh, so hi, my name is Jonah Rodriguez. Uh, um, you know, I'm. Wait, the, is that how you say your last name? Yes, Rodriguez. Oh, like intrigues, Rodriguez. That's how my gotcha. dad would say it. Rodriguez, I would have thought intrigues. it was Rodriguez, just because. No, it's the Portuguese version. Yeah. So you know, Rodriguez, Lopes, Gomes. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So like, I say it's. Uh, I have one brother, and he's the favored of the mm. uh, siblings, uh, and. Uh, they they didn't br- they kind of mentioned it they were like oh why'd you we you really threw us under the bus there you know <laughs> uh, I was like eh, I don't know uh, and and so yeah she brought that up you know in that letter mm-hmm. so that but I I always say it's you know there was never a lack of affection and love and it was uh it was just you know they were just people trying to figure it out themselves right and I were think they that, young. Yeah, no no uh that you know hawaii does kind of put people at an extended adolescence it's mm-hmm. a very you know it's a you know whatever's kind of you know place it's everyone there isn't really an adult mm-hmm. it's any i like any kind of beach town um and what's your relationship with substances have you ever worried about having a problem i've only ever occasionally worried about drinking but you know, uh, Kyle Kinane has a great bit about uh, perspective, how it's a, it could be a real bad thing when it comes to, you know, because like you'll, if you like to drink, you're going to know other people who like to drink and you're always going to know someone that drinks way more than you. And so it's just like, as long as you're not waking up in a gutter like Steve, you know, you're, you think you're fine. Uh, the only thing, I, the only problem I have is like, I like drinking and I think it is, is it's a very, um, it's a very simple way to um, kind of, uh, feel aware of the beauty of the past, present and future in one moment. I think it's a, it's a, Oh my God, I wish drinking had ever done that for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's for such me, a poetic yeah. experience. It, it is really, for me, it is very poetic. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I love it. It's, um, it makes me, 
it, it gives me enough distance from my brain, I guess, to really appreciate all the things that happened to me. Uh, my like wife, how many beers in do you begin to feel this? Uh, uh, two, three, mm-hmm. you know, um, the, uh, my wife always makes fun of me where, you know, she was, she always says, uh, when I start to talk about that stuff, she's like, Oh, here comes the drunk philosopher here to talk about art and friendship. <laughs> Uh, and, and so I, I, I really do like it and I, but I think I can't tell if it's the stigma of drinking where people go, it's like, I go, well, I don't want to stop. And mm-hmm. they go, well, that means you can't. And it's like, that, you don't tell me what I can and can't do. <laughs> you know, there's that whole thing. You don't tell me when I had enough. There's a bunch right. of that stuff. I've done other, uh, substances. I've, I've kind of run the gamut with it. Um, but I've always kind of like, I was just like, that's eh, nice. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, I've done cocaine, but I don't do cocaine. Right. I've done, you know, this, but I don't do, you know, it's that kind of thing. But I, uh, I have drinking and I do drink. Uh, the only thing that really like keeps me away from is the, you know, the weight gain. Mm-hmm. You know, I gain a lot of weight when I drink and so, cause I like drinking beer because I don't, you know, I like having a buzz and, and hanging out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's no, there's, there's rarely a time where I, like I've ever been like, wow, maybe I should really rein it in because I, I don't black out. You don't. It doesn't sound like you're particularly destructive or self-destructive. No, 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 no. And you know, I've have I have sober friends. that go like, hey, it's uh, you should really think about. Uh, so I was like, no, you did. You were falling asleep at parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I stopped drinking uh, an hour before I want to drive. You know, I, mm-hmm. I I just I know how to do it because I like to do it. Laura Keitlinger has a great line about drinking where she says, I don't drink all the time. Uh, because I want to keep drinking. And it's just like, you know, you, you don't, if you want to keep on doing it, it's all in moderation. Right. You know, so it's, uh, so I, I, I you know, I can see that I have, uh, addictive, an addictive, addict, an addictive personality, uh, but, uh, not, I don't think as bad as my parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think we should take some questions from listeners, but first let's just quickly touch also on Hidden America, which I loved. Thanks. Um, parody of a, like Anthony Bourdain hosted yeah. travel show. Yeah. Um, is there going to be another season? Uh, I'm not supposed to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, they haven't announced. They haven't announced anything. I haven't heard anything. But you're hopeful. It sounds. But like. I'm I'm pretty hopeful. And so with that show, how did the idea for that come about? Uh, I'm obsessed. And it's on CISO. It's on CISO. Uh, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with Bourdain. Uh, I love his shows. Uh, but I also um. I like parody uh, and, and a style uh, and a show like that. The the parody doing a parody of that show allows you to do parodies within the parody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm obsessed with also uh, Alan Partridge, the the Steve Coogan character, mm-hmm. and he did a special uh, a few years back called Places of My Life, which he shows you uh, his town of Norwich, and <laughs> it's uh, one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And so I was kind of thinking, I was like, I was like, oh man, like I've been thinking kind of this idea of a travel show and, and you know, and then I saw that special and I was like, I should just do it. I should just go for it. And, uh, and be, the thing about it is that the Bourdain aspect is like, they're shot really well. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not just trying to get the humor across, but you're also kind of trying to make something. If the audio was off, it would just look like a really well shot Bourdain style travel show. And that's what I tried to push for. And also, I like the idea of a secret sketch show, uh, the idea that, you know, I go from one scene to the next and they're all kind of interlinked, uh, you know, Mr. Show style or comedy bang mm-hmm. bang or anything like that. But it is uh, kind of a, you know, we allow myself to be a character and the idea that the ego is really what drives someone to say to a bunch of people with money. It's like people are going to want to see me eat mm-hmm. food. People are going <laughs> to want to see me wax poetic about dumb bullshit. 
And so I like that idea of uh, this guy that wants so badly, and it's me, it's my name. I'm real bad at like coming up with character names. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm always me. Uh, but I, I like the idea of a, of a guy that um, thinks he can do it and everything everything else gets in the way of him achieving this, mm-hmm. including himself. Like the camera guys aren't the best, so they kind of <laughs> mess up shots and he has to tell them what to do. Yeah. Uh, he wants the, you know, the guest to be so much more uh, like interesting than they end up being or less racist than <laughs> they end up being and stuff like that. Uh, so it's a, uh, I, I like the idea of, uh, you know, like ego driving mm-hmm. a, a show and just kind of, you know, ends up just kind of making things worse as he goes along. I love the scene where you're doing like breaking all the improv rules. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, Thank you. That was hilarious. That was a fun one to shoot. That was in Chicago? Yeah, we did that, that right? uh, at the Annoyance, I believe, mm-hmm. in Chicago. And we had some like really... Like we just, I tweeted out like, "Hey, we need audience members," uh, and uh, and then like we like we asked them to get together their favorite imp- improvisers, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, the people, those kids that were doing the improv troupe were so good. I thought they were so good, and there was like a ton of stuff we didn't use where. Like yeah, they one pulls me back. He's like, he's like, do you know anything about improv? <laughs> I, I said, yes, I've seen. Uh, uh, what's the? Uh, I, I've seen. I've seen Who's Line like a million times. <laughs> like just, but like there was, you know, you, you, when it comes, there, you're just cutting out all the stuff. So. Right. Yeah. No. Right. Thanks. Thanks for uh, mentioning that. That's very nice of you. And meltdown is about to come back. Yeah, we're sh- next week. Uh, we are shooting the uh, third season. Uh, and, and it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be doing another eight episodes and it's great lineups, probably like, uh, uh, not to take away from anyone that was on the earlier seasons, but <laughs> this is a, a packed solid season, which is like, you know, what you'd want. And, but it's also, you know, like new people you'd never heard of old classics, new hits. <laughs> Can you, um, say any of the people who are going to be on? Yeah. I mean, if this is going out on the 18th. Yes. It, the earliest would be the 18th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, we'd already they, they would have all leaked out by then. So yeah, we uh, like uh, Nick Swartzen, Maria Bamford. Uh, um, oh wow. Uh, we have uh, we have a ton of great Baron Vaughn is doing it this year. Um, we got so many good people. Great podcasting. You totally checked out. You're on your phone. No, 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 I'm not. I'm pulling up things for the next segment. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to call you up. That's okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, Paul F. Tompkins, Michelle Buteau. We got Steve Agee and Brendan Small doing a bit. David Wayne, Lucas Brothers, um, Solomon Giorgio, Jen Kirkman, Brian Possein, Byron Bowers, uh, Lauren Lapkus with their group Wild Horses, which includes Stephanie Allen and some other really funny people. Awesome. Rhea Butcher. Um, we're doing Guy Branham, Ian Carmel, Michael Bryan, Rachel Bloom. Brent Sullivan, Todd Berry, like, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, like a ton of great. That sounds like a really great yeah. season. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's nice and it's diverse and it's all kinds of different types of comedy and different types of comics. And yeah, it's a dream. It, it's, it's, that's another, that's another crazy thing. Mm-hmm. Like this is a show that I would be obsessed with if I had seen it when I was 14 and here I am standing next to, you know, a, a, a good friend of mine while our other good friend, well, his wife, but like, you know, like another good right. friend of mine is behind, you know, making the show happen and our friends are all helping make it. It's just, it's incredible. Um, let's take some questions from Twitter. When we ask, we send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering. 
Okay, David says, what song or musical act is he embarrassed to admit that he really likes? I tend not to get embarrassed by anything I like. Um, I I learned this by working at record stores for years is that there's no such thing as bad music. Uh, you'll always find someone that's going to like it. And if they like it, it mean, that means it means something to them. Uh, but if I was to really stretch mm-hmm. and say like, yeah, it's kind of a little embarrassing. Um, I've become a just a big sucker for Coldplay. Uh, <laughs> like uh, didn't like it for a long time. And then I found myself going like, well, I don't turn it off when it's on the radio. And now I'm t- like tuning in, turning <laughs> up. Um, okay. The Lionel King says, although his skin is white, he is Hawaiian. Does he feel more like a white person or an Islander? Uh, to to say I'm Hawaiian is a misnomer. I, uh, I'm, I'm not ethnically Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, you know, there's like 12 people who are <laughs> it's a it's a, and that's a very that's a huge bummer it's like you know it's a it's very not a lot of actual people with hawaiian in them i have a bunch of friends that are uh i am half portuguese uh my dad's brown my whole family in hawaii is brown mm-hmm. my mom's white got her skin my brother's brown he got my dad's skin worked out real nice for him growing up in hawaii mm-hmm. uh i identify uh I, I, as a as a white person um but it is odd because growing up i was out of place um, you know, I, like even my cousins made fun of me, called me Howley, uh, just because I, you know, but, uh, it, it, and, but, and like, it just, I would always get, you know, made fun of at school for being white and stuff like that. And my brother mm-hmm. never had to deal with it, but like right. living out here, it's, you know, uh, I, I try, I, I know it, I, I, I've been prejudiced upon and I've been beaten up because of the color of my skin, but, uh, you know, all in all, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It is what weird thing though where I always say like it's like yeah it sucks to you know, they're like well you deserve it because you're white I go tell an eight year old kid uh, who's getting slapped around by a Samoan you know teenager right. uh, that like it's like hey it's okay because it's the systematic oppression that your forefathers on one side of your family not one side uh, the Portuguese were pretty bad race right. traders so I would say no one deserves not race it. traders sorry <laughs> I meant slave traders yeah yeah um did that happen a lot when you were a kid yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, just is it is what it is, you know. Right. Um, and you were in where in Hawaii? Oahu. Luckily, I kind of like you know, there was a lot of uh, in the area I was in. There was like a lot of Hallies, and there was a lot of like military people. But like, mm-hmm. and I also hate military dudes because I would see like a nerdy kid walking down the street, and they're bored, you know, and they want to like just mess with some nerds. So I hate everybody. <laughs> yeah, that sounds rough. Okay, Mallory says, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live? Hmm. Uh, I haven't been to a lot of places in the world. Uh, in this country, I, I oscillate between uh, Lake Tahoe and uh, Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the heat in Austin couldn't get a bit of it. But uh, the one time I went to uh, to Paris, I I feel I could just be there forever, mm-hmm. and you would in a heartbeat. You would be there for thirty years, and not even know it. I'd imagine. Yeah. What time of year did you go? Uh, it was April, mm-hmm. uh, and it was just great weather. It was like we went to, uh, for our honeymoon. We went to London and Paris, and both were just like sunny and just great. Mm-hmm. London's another awesome town, you know. But I I don't like New York, but I love London. You don't like New York? Don't like New York. What do you not like about it? Uh, the crowds, the yelling, the <laughs> the dirtiness, the uh, you know, it's 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 a uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty overwhelming place. I'm just a small town island boy. <laughs> The Lionel King also wants to know, do you think you'll ever change your mind about having kids? 
Um, I don't, I don't see it. Uh, you know, you can't ever, you, you can't plan if you're going to one day, you're like one day I might, you right. know, it's, uh, also it's not up to me. It's up to my wife to, if she wants kids, she gets kids. If she doesn't, which she doesn't, she, you know, we don't have them. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's really the brunt end as you're, I'm sure experiencing really is on you. Mm-hmm. So if like, it's like, it's <laughs> it like, really you is. know, if you're, uh, if you're a guy, find someone that already wants kids don't feel that you can pressure anybody into wanting kids emily v gordon wants to know who do you love more kumail or emily kumail Malie. <laughs> i was before you got to the Malie part of the name i was like you're really gonna say that uh, no. <laughs> you're gonna say kumail no 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 they're both great <clears throat> but emily i like emily way better <laughs> <laughs> the great one says uh, what's an 80s or 90s movie that would have been way better had it been made with today's special effects and CGI? Tricky question because sometimes the charm of not a lot of money makes things better mm-hmm. uh, and, and more endearing. But I don't know, Dark Star, the Dan O'Bannon, um, John Carpenter movie that they made while at USC. But it's also kind of neat because of how low rent it is. I don't know. That's a weird question. It is a weird question. Yeah, because like, you could say the thing, but the thing is, the thing in the eighties is way better than the thing that mm-hmm. came out a few years ago. Uh, you know, same with uh, like the effects in the original Nightmare on Elm Street are way more realistic than the digital effects in the remake of Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street. This is my least favorite. Not to go off on a rant it's here, um, but uh, there's a part in Nightmare on Elm Street the original where he pushes kind of through the wallpaper and they use like this elastic thing that looks like wallpaper and he pushes through it so you kind of see him. And that was, you know, 30, 30 years ago. And then when they do the remake, they do it in CGI. I, ca- I got to imagine that it's even cheaper to get the materials right. made 30 years ago for that and easier it's i sometimes it seems like they just need to make stuff in cgi right. to like because that's what's relegated to the company and cgi a lot of times people don't want to say it it looks sucks like a, it sucks a dick yeah yeah it's, so it just costs a lot of money and it just makes it look like a video game it yeah look yeah very real just be you know apparently that remake of the thing or not the remake, but the prequel that they released. Apparently, there was a lot of practical effects that they just went over and put the CGI into it. But I heard the CGI for the shark in the shallows is pretty good, so I'm looking forward to that. And lastly, Dustin Marshall says, uh, what was the vibe at the Mystery Science Theater? Mystery Science, am I saying that right? MST See, again, yes, that, <laughs> it stumps me. A reunion show like, has it sunk in that you're one of the family now? I know that we kind of answered that. Yeah, we kind of answered that. Um no, it hasn't. And it was it was crazy. It was nuts. I, I feel like I had to kind of be goodwill ambassador to the different factions and eras of Mystery Science Theater. And I feel like I had to uh, make sure that I showed the audience that I was appreciative of my position at that at that show. And I had the best seat in the house. <laughs> okay, let's take some questions that people sent in over Twitter. But first, I want to say, hey, listeners, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, perhaps any of the movies we mentioned... Um, beer. I don't think you buy that on Amazon. What else have we talked about on this show? You know, anything. You can get anything. I usually I have like a whole bunch of references that I can be like this, this, or this. That's okay. We've talked about deep stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you um, want to buy sad parents, on yeah. <laughs> if you want to buy a mirror to do your cocaine on, yeah. or a vial to sit inside of, 
If you want to buy anything on Amazon, click through the banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it helps out the show. Thank you so much for Amazon support, PayPal support, uh, Patreon support. That page is going to be up there one of these days. You just wait. Um, and if you like what you're hearing, subscribe. iTunes.com slash AllisonRosen. Okay, let's do Just Mirror Everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me? Or everyone. Okay, Robert Paulson says, find someone brushing their teeth in a work or public restroom off-putting and or too intimate, but going one and two is A-OK. I have this reaction when I see someone brushing their teeth in public as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. How busy are you? That's true. But it's also not busy. I bet they just, you know. Have great dental clean. hygiene. Yeah, yeah uh, not me. I see people doing it at the airport a lot. I could get that. If you're getting off a plane, you got to go straight to a meeting. Right. There you go. See, see a sweetie. <laughs> but are you, are you talking about them doing it in the bathroom yes. at the airport? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Because at the airport, just people sitting waiting for a plane. Have I've you seen, seen that? Oh, I've seen people brushing their teeth, flossing, wow, clipping toenails. Ew. Yeah, I've it's, never it's, seen public flossing. Oh yeah, yeah. My brother gets made fun of because uh, he'll be on set as a PA and he'll be flossing, and everyone's like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, flossing is a for your eyes only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to show people how much blood comes out. <laughs> Do you have blood coming out every time? Yeah, yeah. Really? Every time? Yeah, No, not if I keep it up regularly. Okay. If I do it a few times in a row, the blood does go away. Right. Uh, Jamos for A-Rose says, think of the opening scene of Austin Powers every time I drink a ton of water resulting in an endless pee. I think of that when I have an endless pee. I think of the sketch, the endless pee from uh, the first uh, Adam Sandler album. They're all going to laugh at you. Oh, I don't know this one. Yeah, it was called The Longest Pee or something like that. I think of the scene from The Naked Gun. When Leslie Nielsen has the lavalier mic lavalier on mic, at the yeah. press conference and <laughs> takes a pee. Yeah. J Squared says, just mirror everyone, fear every time there's a strobe light that I'm an undiagnosed epileptic. I don't know if I have... The, yeah, I definitely think about that every time I'm around a strobe light or any sort of flashing light. I just start doing the robot because it looks so cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you, did you ever go to Chuck E. Cheese when you were a kid? Yeah. Remember that well, We had show his pizza. Okay. Yeah. Did it, at Chuck E. Cheese, like, there was a room that you would go into where there was a strobe light and you could do all the like break dancing. Yeah. Dot cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that uh, was cool. Okay. Thought <laughs> <laughs> I could take myself down that little trip down memory lane. Sooner Magic says, when I find a nice pimple on my back or shoulder, I'll wait until I get home so I can enjoy squeezing it in front of a mirror. That's what you should do and everyone else should do. <laughs> That's true, as opposed to uh, at the gate waiting for your flight. <laughs> um, but I know that feeling of like, <laughs> this is so gross to admit, like, oh, I can't wait to pick that later. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I get it. I get it. Are you not a picker? I don't pick. I, I rarely How get, wonderful for I you. I rarely get zits. Yeah, but. I had one thing growing up and that was that I didn't have acne. Really? Yeah. <sighs> Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Don't okay. worry. There was a ton of other problems in there. <laughs> Lane says, get to register, find out coupon isn't good, too embarrassed to look cheap and put back extras intended to purchase with coupon. I don't understand it. Sometimes like, like people trying to squeeze their ideas into a tweet. Right. <laughs> so she'll have a coupon. Yeah. For I don't let's say for she's getting items because she has a coupon for them. Yeah. Then she'll get to the register and it turns out the coupon is not good. 
But instead of putting back the items, which she was buying because she had a coupon, she'll just buy them anyway because she doesn't want to look cheap. Oh, okay. You. <laughs> I'm sure there's other people who do this. I'm not a big coupon person because... Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> because I never remember to bring them with me. Like I will get... Yeah. Or at CVS where you have extra bucks, CVS Extra Care or whatever they're called. Um, I've got five... CVS bucks burning a hole in my purse, but I guarantee I will forget to use it next time I go to CVS. My wife will always do a thing where we're at Target or someplace. She'll just look online, like, you know, online coupons for this place. That's and then smart. she'll be like, great. One time she saved us 35 bucks. I was just like, wow, good. That's By great. just showing her phone. Is that how you do it's it? It's like they scan the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Digital coupes. With regular coupons, I could never figure out the system. I had the same problem that you did, Allison, where I would always forget them. So I would have them. So I tried putting them in my wallet, mm. but then you don't look at your wallet until you're paying. Right. At least yeah. I don't. So I'd be shopping and I wouldn't use them. And then I would put them on the fridge next to the shopping list and then they would just get buried in my pocket and I would never use them. Yeah. I never well, found never found a good system. Now that we bring our own bags, I've started leaving them in the bags, but I guarantee I'll just oh. be like, oh, there's trash in this bag. Yeah. yeah. Like it's listeners who are coupon people. What's your system to remember? I bet Al has a system. I bet he does. He's got a system for everything. Okay. JMO's for A-Rose says, when I pull out a pen and it doesn't work, I put it right back and assume it'll work another time. Never throw them out. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know why I do that, but I rarely throw out pens. I just have a bunch of pens that don't work. I don't assume it'll work again. I just don't throw it away. Yeah. And I don't know why. I'm real bad at that. Like, oh, that doesn't work. And you just put it right back in. Right. Anonymous with it's the hard, rest of those bics. It's hard to say goodbye to a pen. Yeah. Larry Miller for years talked about a big pen that he had in his desk that he just kept. He held out <laughs> hope that it would one day start working. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, you know, when I go to his house next time, I'm going to bring a pen and swap it out. And then he'll think it was. <laughs> and I forgot about it. But now we recorded his house. You should do it. I'm going to do that. You should do, do it. it. Oh, yeah. Do it. Good plan. Be like ten years and he's finally paid off. <laughs> Leanne Ward says, "Rubs me the wrong way when men refer to their wives as wifey or the wife." Mm. Yeah, I could see that. I, I, see. I don't know anyone who calls their spouse that, but I think if I did, I would like barf a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Mark Hoppus from Brooklyn Day Two uh, calls his wife uh, the plus one. <laughs> And like he always refers to his kids, the brat. So it's like, uh, like uh, taking the plus one, the brat to Disneyland today. <laughs> well, that's funny. Yeah. Um, oh, potentially a controversial one. And this is the last one. Katie Shrum says ketchup is gross. Just gross. Just me or everyone. Just you. Yeah, I disagree. Yeah. Definitely not everyone. Right. Yeah. Get out of America. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a banana ketchup. Uh, Philippines. Big fan of banana ketchup. That sounds like it would be good. It's a, yeah. I've never tried it. I think you can get it at certain Jolly Bees. There you go. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever been to a Jolly Bee. I think I've just seen them. No need. No need, really. Okay. There, I drive by one almost every time I come over here, and I've never eaten at it, but I want to eat at it just because of the Jolly Bee statue. Oh yeah, the little Jolly Bee. Yeah, I've, I don't even have any idea what kind of food it is. But. Uh, it's 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 not Filipino food, but it's like f- uh, the Philippines' idea of fast food. Um, so it's like the Philippine Yoshinoya beef bowl. Yeah, yeah, kind of. But like Yoshinoya beef bowl is like like 
feels like an American guy trying to figure out like a, mm-hmm. this is a this is Filipino people going like well uh, when all the uh, World War Two people left here uh, they left like cans of spam and hot dogs <laughs> and you know ramen noodles and stuff like that and it's it's I did an episode of the Doughboys podcast and we talked a lot about the history of uh, um, of Jollibee and it's uh, the best thing you can get there is a little spam sandwich I do like that yeah I've never had spam it's great really? salt. I don't think I ever have. Yeah, I used to love uh, anytime I was in Hawaii, I would get Spam Musubi. And yeah. then I wound up making in my own Musubi maker out of a Spam can. And I started making it at home. Really? Yeah. You take the can and you just kind of cut the bottom off of it. And then you, you, know, you make it into a press. Yeah. Huh. It works. Totally works. Wow. I've never had Spam, but I have had those little cans. I think the brand is Underwood and it's like deviled chicken oh, or yeah. deviled ham. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, usually you find them next to the Vienna sausages. Yep. Vienna sausages and Spam, huge in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't yeah, had a Vienna sausage. sausages were pretty good, actually. I mean, they very were, mushy and just that jelly, really fattening. But that jelly yeah. was so gross. Uh, I think I liked it. <laughs> All right. I think I liked it. I've got one more question. Then we're going to close the show. Okay. So I interviewed you about three years ago. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned in that interview, we were talking about... Um, about being young and you mentioned that brian posein gave you a bunch of advice one mm-hmm. night but you didn't take it and i was just curious because i didn't so I'm, it's a three year later follow-up what was the advice he gave you that you didn't take do you remember he said uh write as much as you can write everything write all these different you know write sketches write jokes write stories write screenplays write commercials mm-hmm. uh write jingles right he said just write all this different stuff because the more you write and by this, you know, he really meant the more you do, the more output you do, the more you find out your voice, what you're good at. And you know, the just doing it is the doing it. Mm. And so, yeah, I, I should have done that right away. I should have just started writing, writing, writing haikus and all kinds of stuff. But, uh, yeah. But instead uh, were you focused on just doing stand up? Yeah. I think I was just like, I was like, well, I'll just, I'm, I don't think I'll be a writer. I don't think I'll ever be a writer. I think I'm, I'm more of a performer guy. So I'll do stand up and I'll do improv. And it was, you know, it was a mistake. Cause then like someone's like, you know, oh, you're, you're, you were funny at that open mic. Do you have a writing packet? And you go, I'll send it to you next week. <laughs> and then you rush to try and figure out what to give them. And then you give them something that's not very good and they don't get a job. Right. Right. Well, Jonah Ray Rodriguez. Right. Hey, yes. Did I say it right? Yeah, you did. <laughs> so is ray just a stage last name no it's my middle name okay yeah it's basically when i was signing up for open mics uh i would put jonah rodriguez and everyone would say rodriguez and i felt the need to explain why i looked like this with that name mm-hmm. and so and then it was actually rodriguez and i would just be like you know jonah ray because it it that's what some of my friends called me anyway so, right and it's my dad's middle name it's my grandfather's middle name so it's a whole legacy yeah thank you so much for coming back thanks for having me Con- back i really appreciate it congratulations on everything thank it's you really exciting to watch thanks um and you guys i'm gonna come around to you in a moment and you t- you plug all your things but follow me on twitter at allison rosen follow the show's twitter feed at ari ynbf email us and in fact we're doing a new advice segment so you can email us ari ynbf show at gmail.com and put advice in the subject line and then um ask your question and we will answer it perhaps because we have it all figured out jeff where should they find you you can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. Okay, Jonah, tell them where to find you and what to look out for and plug all your things. Um, I'm at Jonah Ray on Twitter uh, and Instagram. Instagram, I like making uh, videos and stuff like that. So there's a lot of cool things on there. Um, 
Hidden America with Joan Ray is on CISO right now. All episodes uh, are on there, but CISO is also a it's a pay platform, three ninety nine a month, but it's got so much amazing stuff. Dan Harmon's going to have the Harmon Quest show on there. Uh, Bajillion Dollar Properties by Kula Vilaysak. Uh, there's also Flowers, which is one of the most incredible shows I've seen in a very long time. It's got Julian Barrett from The Mighty Boosh and Olivia Coleman. Um, and it's just an incredible, incredible show, uh, and tons of just great British stuff. And then there's, uh, Mr. Science Theater coming uh, in the fall. And then there's also, um, uh, the third season of Meltdown with Jonah Kumail coming to Comedy Central at the end of September. So much stuff. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, thank you for doing the show. It was great catching up with you listeners. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know? Allison Rosen Show